Welcome to Something Positive for Positive People. I'm Courtney Brand. Something Positive for Positive People is a 501c3 nonprofit organization equipping stigmatized communities with experience-based tools to navigate their healing processes. Thank you to Dating.com, the originators of the We Need a Button campaign for sponsoring the podcast. Um, I want to start this podcast episode so we don't have a guest. It's just me. Um, if you're new to the podcast, this isn't a great place to start. I strongly suggest you go and check out episode zero, and that gives you an idea of where something positive for positive people came from, a little bit about me, and where this developed to um, as of that point in time of that episode. I am in yoga teacher training. Um, I've been practicing yoga since not too long after I was diagnosed with herpes, now that I think about it, it's on the eighth year. I think it's so easier for me to just say what year we're on rather than how many years it is that I've been doing something or uh, how long it's been a thing in my life. And in yoga teacher training over this past weekend, I experienced something for the first time that might have just changed my life. <laughs> I am very new to exploring mental health and the terminology around it and understanding emotions and consciousness and awareness. And I have this strong pull to it because what it does for me is give language to things that I've known or felt and just haven't been able to communicate in the past. And considering what I want to talk about this podcast episode things that I felt wasn't the most accurate way of describing it, but just there's some sort of a knowing um, about the world around me and the experiences that I've had that I now feel like through exploring emotions and mental states, I am able to communicate these things and articulate them in a way that works best for me. So, um, one of the things that happened over the weekend was we had a meditation. It was a workshop led by Michelle Cassandra Johnson, the author of the book Skill in Action. She was such a great facilitator of this workshop. I I love her. <laughs> um, and what she did for me, um, this was a major contributor to my healing process that I mean, I'm only just becoming aware of as of recently. So um, I won't give away her workshop or tell you exactly what happened, uh, but there was a piece of it that really hit with me. And I just want to share a little bit of what that experience was. Um, I've never been big on history. I've never been big on exploring the past because to me it just wasn't relevant anymore the past happened here we are um let's talk about what's happening now let's talk about how we're going to work towards the future and there's a number of factors that played a role into why i have to have or had to have had a short memory because it served me in a lot of the things that i've done i played sports and one of the most uh invaluable tools that you can have in sports outside of the physical ability is a short memory. So whenever you make a mistake, whenever you mess up, you miss a tackle, you drop a pass, you miss a throw, you have to be able to forget about that and then get back to the moment, get back to the next play and be present in that down that you're in. So 
history's just never been anything that I felt pulled to at all. And on Friday evening at Brick City Yoga here in St. Louis, free plug, um, Michelle guided us through a meditation. And the meditation was centered around the phrase, where am I from? The question, where am I from? And as we went through the breathing, she just guided us to take inhales and exhales. And she mentioned things that we might have considered thinking about when we thought about where we were from. And I noticed like after a few times of being asked, I don't know how long it was. It felt like forever, but I'm sure it was maybe 10 minutes at the most. I felt myself not necessarily being where I'm from as far as like the origins of my ancestors or anything, but I almost instantly found myself in the first house I ever lived in. Uh, I grew up, my mom was very young when she had me, uh, so we lived with my grandfather, and it was my mom, myself, my grandfather at this point in time where I found myself, and I was there. I was in the house. I remember what the furniture looked like. I can tell you the exact layout of this house and how um, the the dark maroon, burgundy, there, there were some really ugly colors on this couch. <laughs> uh, it was wooden in certain spots, so the sofas were individually separated by some wood. So if you flopped down on the couch, you could easily bruise your ass because you flopped on a piece of wood. Um, and I just remember the texture of it feeling like the surface of an artificial flower. Uh, I remember like the yellow in the kitchen. I, I remember just everything and I was I was facing the kitchen and I was in this feeling I was in this space I was in this environment and the earliest memory that I have about where I'm from it put me in the space of where I'm from energetically and I very well know the feeling that I had I was able to give it two words or at first the feeling was control like I felt I couldn't move uh, and I heard her say, all right, I invite you to stand up. We're going to move around a little bit. And I just fucking sat there and I, my body was in that room in the yoga room, but my being was back at however old I was in this space. I, I didn't see myself to know exactly what my age was. And I felt a heaviness of the atmosphere and the atmosphere felt very emotionless is the word that I use to describe that aspect. So when I finally, I, I caught myself and I was like, whoa, this isn't me. This is a memory. And I pulled myself out and I was able to just look around and go, oh, this is my memory of feeling controlled and just not necessarily having any sort of feelings about it to me this is just the way things are. Um, and when I pulled out of my body, my head wasn't over the sofa. So I might have been in single digits of age, somewhere between four and seven, I want to say, uh, in the memory. So going through this meditation, that's where I was. And when we got called or invited out of the meditation, um, we were instructed to journal a little bit. So um, it was just a short bit of journaling we shared with the people around us, but um, I don't, like I said, want to give away 
her workshop. But what that ended up leading me to was after the meditation and after I got home that night, I thought about it. I thought about what happened there. And I think it was the next day that I ended up writing out exactly what I was experiencing. And the question, where am I from? And my relationship to history or my views and beliefs about history may have been some sort of a mental block to keep myself from revisiting that because I felt like I was there and I didn't like it. And making the connection between where I'm from and where I am, all of my actions, behaviors, decisions, where I am in life, they all make sense as a result of me just putting these two things together, right? So we have young Courtney who is emotionally numb, just there, views things as very stoic, it is what it is, whatever, and feeling controlled, like no actions were my own or like I, I remember always being told what not to do. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't get nobody pregnant. Don't bring no white girl home. Don't do this. Uh, don't get bad grades. Don't talk back to the teacher. So just the compliance was such a big thing. Like I was, I had to be controlled. And I understand like where that came from. You know, raising a black boy in the United States of America, you have to like. There's, it's almost a luxury to be able to have the kind of freedom that you would think kids should just be able to have that you just don't get with dark skin or being black or being a minority period um but that's a whole nother conversation on something that i'll share with you all from an interview that i did with uh mental realness mommy um and i'll yeah we'll talk about that later so um the way that i live my life now the most beautiful, most uh, visual, not beautiful, the most visual analogy that I can give you. Here's the image. I, as single digit age Courtney, didn't really have the luxury of exploring and experiencing emotions per se. I mean, I'd get excited, get disappointed. Um, but if you listen to other episodes, you know what that's about. But the the primary emotion would have been fear if there was one and fear as a way of control in order to keep me safe me now i live complete opposite so the opposite of control is freedom i value freedom with all of my being and i welcome emotions i've set my life up in a way that welcomes a space for all of the most intense emotions uh, to come into my space. And I view myself as this emotions vampire that works at an emotions blood bank. So I have the most access to blood <laughs> or the emotion blood or whatever, however you need to, to visualize that. And I don't think I'm hurting anybody because the blood is given to the blood bank that I just so happen to always be at. And so 
the more intense the emotion, it doesn't matter if it's positive or negative. It's like the more I get to experience it. And so when people come to me and say things like, I don't know what to do with my life. This is the worst thing that's ever happened to me in regards to a herpes diagnosis. You know, I feel, I, I feed off of that. I feel energized by it. Or I feel alive by it. Whatever the opposite of numbness is, because that's the feeling that I associate with my childhood experience with emotions. That's what I feel. Like, and that's where I'm at now. Um, when people tell me how happy they are that they found something positive for positive people, when people share with me their disclosure story and they tell me how happy they are or how um, they did this work for themselves, these things make me happy. And in the same breath, someone can completely just open up to me about what's happening in their lives, how they feel about themselves, how they feel about other people, how they feel about situations. And like that intensity of emotion is what I am most drawn to. And I don't absorb it as my own. Um, maybe part of me still has this like deep, 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 like sense of uh, not groundedness. But I don't, I don't let myself feel what other people are feeling. I pick up on it, and I know what it is, and I want, I want to be in the space of it. Like, I have that. It's like, I am not reliable. Like, I don't have to deal with the after effects of the emotion. It's kind of like, um, you just, you, you take what you need, you get it. Or it's like, if you like kids but you don't want any of your own you'll play with someone else's kid and then when it shits on itself you give it back and you leave or if you play with someone's dog and then it's time to go walk the dog or make the times to come back home and walk it and do all of the responsibilities and take care of it you get to just leave that's how i am um with emotions i want to play with them i want to experience them explore them i want to know what you're feeling because i get to experience them vicariously through other people, right? And so being being in the space of emotionally intense situations is just where I feel charged, I feel rejuvenated. And I think that um throughout my life I've had I've been told by partners, the people that I've been the most vulnerable with that I am emotionally a lot and because it's happened more than two times, I can say that maybe it's true. <laughs> and um, there, there's there's so many like ways to connect this. In yoga teacher training, we did an exercise that had us like bring this up too. And the thing that I realized is that there's a gift in that that thing that's supposed to be my flaw, the bad thing that happened to me, or the bad attribute of myself, um, in that I'm emotionally quote-unquote a lot or too much and I think that that's just an intensity that isn't mine but reflected back to other people so to speak because I've developed this safety mechanism to not get too invested in things um, or people even and I if I like the space I'm there and when you 
I, like, I think I just tend to, uh, I wish I knew if people were nerds because there's a show, an anime called Seven Deadly Sins. The main character, Maliotis, he's a fucking demon. <laughs> uh, and if you just start watching the show and I just spoiled that for you, sorry. But his special ability is his counter where if you send an energy blast to him, he can full counter it and it comes back at you amplified, right? So when emotions, this is a character that I can really relate to because when emotions come to me, I am able to counter it and not be affected. And in the counter, it's like sent back to the person. And it's just this intensity that often a lot of people just aren't ready for. And I understand that now it's taken me a while because I'm, I'm like a newborn, like I'm a child in this space of exploring emotions and knowing the power that they have and what they can do. So if I'm just being in this space and experiencing the energies of other people, their excitement, their disappointment, their joy, and it's like, oh, this is pleasant. And then they, like we exchange vulnerability or share experiences or whatnot. Um, think I show a lot of people parts of themselves that they don't like and that's intimidating that is scary but at the same time this is such a beautiful gift to have um, the way that I choose to look at it at least it's a beautiful gift to have because executed properly I don't necessarily feel drained by other people's emotions and I can take the gifts in their vulnerability that comes through me and not necessarily counter it back directly to them, but send it through me in a way like how light goes through a diamond. Damn, these are some very arrogant analogies that I'm using, so please bear with me. Like how you flash a light through a diamond and it separates the light and the fragments of the rainbow. You know, I, I sort of break it down so that it's more digestible for the rest of the world to see. And that's what I feel like something positive for positive people is when people bring me their emotions and their uh, vulnerabilities, I'm able to use my quote unquote emotional intensity <laughs> and uh, send that out into the world so that other people can enjoy the view of this separated light slash the rainbow or the diamond, whatever it is that they're looking at. Uh, before I get too much off track, because I know I am, I even took notes this time. I took little notes so that I can uh, put this here, but I, I, I don't talk much about myself. And I think that maybe it's time I start to do that because the reason I don't talk about myself is because I don't know myself necessarily. I think that, um, like perfect example i had this point in time where i thought i was queer because i was attracted to a non-binary person with a vulva and i was like asking people i was like am i queer what does this mean for me what's this mean for my sexuality does not compute does not compute i'm attracted to someone that's not a woman and um i i, I spoke to enough people to come to the conclusion that i'm just heterosexual sorry to be so plain and boring but um, I think this was an example of me actually absorbing like what was happening around me and what that might mean or as and drawing meaning from uh, 
the information that I surround myself with and the experiences of other people around me. So that's just one example there of me just like having to rely so much on the world around me to tell me who I am. Um, it's one thing to look at the world and see who I'm not. Um, but if I were to just sit in a room by myself, I, I noticed that I've become very, I notice how uncomfortable I am because when I sit alone, when I'm in that quiet space, there appears to be nothing there. Just like that feeling of when I got called into that meditation of where am I from? I was in a space where there was just no, there wasn't any real, I don't know what emotions were. Like I didn't have any experience with um, intense emotions and I'm fucking addicted to that shit. And this is where like, um, I mentioned codependency before on a previous episode, how I feel like I'm addicted to being needed. Um, and I think that this gives me better language to navigate it. I'm actually enjoying the, excuse me, <gasps> oh, I'm not editing that out. I was going to go through this without having to stop and edit it. <laughs> I am emotionally intense, and that's okay. <laughs> uh, this is a gift. This can be a gift if executed properly, if uh, if I'm able to really center myself and recognize what it is that I feel. Like I said, I, I believe that the thing that I feel is just like this numbness, and it helps because I can remain objective in a lot of situations. I don't get pulled into other people's drama. I don't get pulled into their, you know, like if they're raising kids and mommy and daddy are arguing or the kid has to grow up, like I'm not invested. I'm just there. I play with the baby and then when it's time for me to leave, I get to leave. And this is just like how I've been in my life, in my career, in my relationships. And now that I'm aware of this, it's time that I explore this. Um, it's, it, it is truly a gift to me to be able to use this like seemingly infinite emotional intensity to be able to support other people's healing. But I realize now that I don't know what I feel personally. <laughs> and damn, that was a very deep, ass thing to say that was a very vulnerable thing for me to say because it's something that I hadn't said out loud before um, I texted someone that sentence and that's what made me realize wow I really need to explore this you know but it makes me wonder you know it, it begs the question of do I need healing what is healing what do I feel and maybe I really need to make space to explore what my feelings and my needs are uh, and that can be helpful um, I don't know exactly what that looks like I know that I'm only through the first three weekends of yoga teacher training and if I had this kind of mind-blowing epiphany then over the next seven weekends that I have who knows what's gonna happen I might mess around and be a different person completely <laughs> um, but uh, I, I do believe that this kind of goes back to like my interpretation of what God or source or universal um, creator, what that, what the intention was of life. 
um, which is just that, you know, it, it was bored. I think whatever created us was just bored and maybe split itself out into the infinity of what life is. And we're all on a course to just kind of make our way back home. And, may, you know, how, how, think about how boring it is to just be alone, like to know everything and not have anything be a new experience. Um, so that, why'd I say that? I don't even know. Just <laughs> if that didn't register, just, just disregard. But um, I just, I have this belief that if life had a reason to be what it is, it would just be because the thing that connects us all needed to separate itself in order to experience itself and experience otherness and to be experienced, to experience and be experienced as a result of just straight up boredom because there's really no other explanation for that. So I apologize if you're a super religious person. I just offended the shit out of you. Um, but this is a safe space where we can openly explore our thoughts and whatnot. Uh, <clears throat> so the next steps in this for me are just going to be to, um, I, I have to, I have to connect with myself. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that looks like. <laughs> I don't know. I've, I've been exploring, uh, getting a therapist, but I, I'm, I'm a smart ass and know it all. And I, I feel like what's going to happen is they're going to make me say the same things that I'm saying out loud to you right now. And then there may or may not be action steps that I may or may not already know need to take place. Um, but I, I've also had this like deep rooted belief that being able to get therapy might have been a luxury or is a luxury. And that's something that I got to work through and deal with because uh, I don't think that's the case. I've seen it work for people. I see people working through different aspects of their life and exploring their own healing and it's something that I hope to be able to provide for the people as an option to explore their healing processes as well so uh if I'm going to do that then maybe I need to like dabble into it myself so um at some point I'm going to do that but right now I really need to focus on um my takeaways from this because there are more takeaways from it um big thing being like because emotions were not really understood about how to explore them or uh, I didn't really have any knowledge about them growing up or know what they what they meant what they were it was just control and then you know just keeping me safe that was the big thing um, the men in my life were excellent providers uh, as far as what was needed physically, we had a roof over our head. We had new game system when we got good grades every Christmas, electricity, and we we just had everything that we need. We had food, uh, shelter, clothes, um, and there wasn't much expression of emotions, uh, if any, <laughs> because that was a priority. The priority was survival, and when your priorities are survival, you know, maybe exploring emotions is a luxury. So I've created a life for myself where I really don't value stability or providing 
Um, especially because I remember like my mom being like, don't be like your daddy. And that was one of the things that kept my, my, my me and my dad um, probably as separate as we've been. And just him prioritizing what made sense and what was needed and being a provider and stable that it made me be like, well, I don't want stability and to be a provider because my mom told me not to be like my dad. And so I'm going to not be like my dad and I'm going to explore emotions and freedom and not stay at one job in one field for my entire life. <laughs> uh, it's funny how these things play out. <laughs> um, but I, like I said, uh, trying to bring this back full circle, I don't talk about myself very much. I don't talk about, you know, what uh what I go through personally, partly because I don't feel like it's necessary or it's relevant or necessary <laughs> because it's about the guests. Um, but I just felt I've been feeling compelled to share a little bit more of me in this space lately, uh as as part of my healing process. Uh if that's what this is so if this is going to be a space for healing and for people to explore what may work for them then i want to i I gotta i gotta jump into it too i gotta lead by example i'm just like leaving the reviews i can't ask y'all to leave reviews of a podcast i ain't left the review for so there's that (laughs) oh is there anything else that i want to say before i go we're approaching the 30 minute mark um already shot it out dating.com um the we need a button campaign and uh yeah so without me continuing to ramble here uh thank you all for continuing to support listen to the podcast thank you for being supportive of the nonprofit, and um i i I need to not care about what other people think, but it would be nice to know how you feel about me sharing a little bit more of myself here. The solo episodes used to make me really uncomfortable, but now I'm really learning that there's a lot that I actually have to say, and there's a lot of growing that is taking place for me. Um, And now that I'm aware of this, like, unconscious action that I'm taking as a result of possibly my childhood. Like I'm, I'm going in the complete opposite direction. You think that, you know, I'd have modeled the adult men in my life who were providers who, um, yeah, I, I have enough, but I've just, I think that this has kind of cultivated this belief to me that money is bad or having too much money makes you a bad person. And so I have enough to, do what it is that I need to do, but not be able to do any more than that. And like with more money you have to make or you make, you become less in tune with emotions. And I really like emotions. It's just cool. But I got to learn about my own emotion and what I'm feeling so that I can, uh, so that I can, you know, have my own intensity <laughs> and be connected to that and not require other people in order to feel emotion or feel the intensity of emotion so um that's my quest i'm on a quest now to figure out what my natural state of emotion is 
and also I guess create stability for myself because I've been fighting it for so long. <laughs> uh, all right, y'all. This concludes this episode of Something Positive for Positive People. Please like, rate, review, share, subscribe to this podcast. It really, well, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, honestly, I don't care to get big or go mainstream or anything like that because I feel like the way that it is now just makes it so cool. Like I'm, I'm free to say whatever I want to say. Um, there's no one who's like it's not like I'm getting paid to not talk about certain things or talk about certain things. So this space right now as a non-mainstream space is actually is good where it's at. So I guess, you know, share the people who you think need it, invite people to this, this club, this space of healing, uh, as you see fit, make sure that you like, can co-sign for him and that you approve of him as a person if you wouldn't hang out with him don't send him this podcast (laughs) all right y'all till next time stay sex positive